Hi, this is Jeff. If you have any interest in supporting this podcast, you can visit patreon.com backslash evolving podcast for more information. Thank you. Jeff Grant's Evolving Podcast, a podcast dedicated to songwriting. Today, I have my friend Josh Irwin on the phone. Josh is a returning guest. I meant to look at the previous episodes and so I could tell you what number he was on, which episode number he was on, but I forgot to do that. So, anyway, <laughs> how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing, Jeff? I'm good. Basically, I've been writing songs. I don't I think people who listen to this know that I write songs and I've been wanting to talk about songwriting to somebody and I didn't want to do another me by myself episode, so I thought it'd be fun to talk to Josh. It's always fun to talk to Josh anyway and it's something that we have in common. We both write songs and kind of just have experiences of uh picking up a guitar and trying to make a you know, put words to some chords and try to make something interesting, hopefully. And uh, <laughs> so, I don't know, I kind of wanted to just be like, sometimes when you talk about this stuff, you're talking to people who aren't, who don't do this. So maybe you're giving like a real brief version of it. And I wanted to like, with Josh, be like, let's just, there's no rules. We can just get nerdy and deep and weird about this. <laughs> like, all right. Because this so, stuff is kind of, it's, I was thinking yesterday is like songwriting is kind of, um, it's kind of a mix, as with any kind of creative thing, it's a mix of like uh, this big mystery kind of thing. Like it's almost like this sometimes supernatural feeling kind of thing you don't totally understand. And then there's this other side of it where it's all discipline and, you know, the experience you have of like learning, like, you know, the instrument or, like reading and trying to get your brain working better you know it's kind of like a mix of knowing what you're doing and not knowing what you're doing and trying to prepare but also having to kind of wing it a little bit but... mm-hmm. okay since the last time i talked to josh you guys moved i think i talked to you last like may april or may right 2019 mm-hmm. and it's like uh the 20th april 23rd when we're talking now so 2020 so uh what have y'all been up to (laughs) oh man well we uh we moved up to eureka springs arkansas been here since july early july of last year and just uh absolutely loving it up here there's been challenges along the way of course so it's not like a happy ever after kind of thing but it's a new chapter that uh we are kind of settling into into and enjoying we're out about 10 minutes outside of a small town called eureka springs in small town there's no traffic lights and there's two gas stations that i know of (laughs) (laughs) it's a small little town everybody knows everybody we're about 10 minutes outside of that so out on out in the country of the country i'm staring up into some really really clear skies tonight lots of stars out Oh, that's awesome. You're yeah. outside. I, I was like, yeah, I'm not outside. I was trying to find like a quiet place where it didn't want too echoey. And I think I, I think I found an okay spot, but that sounds like a nicer type of environment than the one. <laughs> <laughs> well, the signal's clear. Yeah. That's really all that matters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause uh, I mean, no one can see what we see anyway. This is radio, or no, 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 no. It's pod. Podcasting. It's a podcast, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So you, you've been doing a lot of writing lately. Yeah, I'm trying to work on an album, and I've been working a lot. At, I work at a Home Depot, and I've been, like, full-time there, so I don't have a ton of time, which is kind of disappointing. It's kind of, uh, I'm in that 
place where it's like I'm just kind of doing the job I need, I'm doing for, for the money kind of thing. And it's not like a dream job, but and it's I think I get kind of down sometimes because I want to be able to put more energy and time into the stuff I care about. <laughs> Right, yeah, but I'm thankful for the job, and it's a it's during this time with the COVID nineteen stuff. Like, I'm one of the people who I guess has an essential job, so I'm, I've been able to keep busy with it. So I'm trying to keep thankful and just try to keep keep doing it, but also be careful when I'm out. Have you guys been mostly at home? Yes, mostly. Yeah. We shut the end down voluntarily we haven't been under any kind of lockdown our town is really quiet though all all the uh restaurants and bars and most of the stores except for the essential ones have kind of shut down for the time being yeah um we're all kind of hunkered down here all of a sudden you know we're homeschool parents (laughs) and and we just didn't know at all kind of really what that was like or was gonna be like and a lot of it is teaching them without realizing that they're they're in a lesson that is kind of do a jedi mind trick on them and make them have fun with something that you're trying to teach them like oh just little history stuff you know grady asks questions all the time not history he'll ask how old i am repetitively even though he knows how old i am he knows how old i am but he'll say how old are you papa um and so I'm kind of see the first line coming so then I can meet it with, well, how many days are in a year? And then he'll have to answer that. And, and then I'll say, I'm 40. He goes, okay. And so it's like that's a game we play. In order to get the right answer for me, he has to answer a question too. So I bet you're games. pretty good at that, the teaching thing. I can see no, you being good at no, it. No, 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 no. No, I don't think so. Like, uh, I can teach hand-eye coordination. We play a lot of yard games. Uh, I can chase them around. I can get their energy out. They can climb on me. We can rough, we can rough house. But Amelia is so much better at the. This is how you draw a T. I mean, we're in the we're in the beginning stages of of reading with both boys, and you know Mars is four, Grady is six. And uh, Grady just lost his front tooth. He's snaggle tooth right now. So we're still just starting with the reading part. And Grady's just kind of not wanting to. He's he's He can do it. I know he can do it. He's just not wanting to put forth the effort really into practicing it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But he'll get it. And really since early March is when we we went into kind of a self-quarantine kind of thing. And um, I've been focusing a lot of my attention on projects around the house and um, built a, a 2,200-square-foot 20, enclosure, fenced it out, fenced it in oh, wow. enclosure for a garden and uh, started on our first year of gardening here. So far, it's a nice rock garden because there's lots of rock that I've brought in for the the beds. So, um, if you have any garden related questions, just ask me because I've been working in the garden department for like a month. Awesome. A month. I don't. I don't. Perfect. I really don't know much. I, I actually have to tell customers that like over and over. Like, I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, there's the fertilizer <laughs> over there. Uh, there's mulch over there. There's the shovels. Uh. <laughs> All right. It's kind of funny. All right. 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 That's funny. It's kind of like, uh, I always tell people, I feel like we have about three aisles of like essential things. And then everybody else is just coming into like, every, everybody, you know, everybody's stuck at home. So there's a lot of, there is a lot of like gardening and people have like the r- most random things. Like I need 150 bricks now. Mm-hmm. You're like, Oh my God. Okay. And do you help people with their, their orders and you help them load and unload? I mean, yeah. load up their truck and yeah. Yeah, some of it's easy stuff. Some of it's kind of like, I don't know. One thing that will stress me out is like, somebody will be like, I need 40 bags of soil. You're like, okay. So you go to get that and then someone sees you and they're like, okay, I'm, I'm, I got a hose and I'm trying to like connect. I don't know what's going on. I, I, it's like 
then like a phone rings, like you carry these phones around and they'll be like, how much is the sod? Like, okay, I got like a 500 yard, 500 square foot yard. How right. much would it cost? If, and they're just like, hold on. And you're like, they just keep asking all these questions. And like, I don't really know the answer to any of them kind of. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. uh, kind of like brain spinning. and I don't know. I'm trying mm-hmm. to like learn as I go so I can help a little more each day, but it's kind of. Sometimes it's, I don't know, it's fine. <laughs> it's just yeah. Whatever, no, it's I, job. Yeah, yeah, you know, but you, you get better at it as you go. i often been in Home Depot and Lowe's and I've wondered, you know, the question and asked of someone that worked there and realized that they got so much going on, you know, especially on like a busy Tuesday or Monday morning. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of feel sorry for him sometimes. They kind of expect you to know everything, like they'll because come you in, work they'll there. come in and be like, "Right, <laughs> what's wrong with my toilet?" And I'm like, "Man, I don't know. I don't. No, I work I'm in a garden. I barely know anything about the department I'm actually in. Like, I can tell you like what aisle to go to. You know. Anyway, mm-hmm. I don't know. It, I do. I do feel like I'm learning a lot there, which is good. I'm just like soaking up a lot of random information. Anyway, we're gonna talk about songwriting. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote down like 20 questions. I I'm I'm not going to I probably won't get to all of them. That's more for to help make a conversation, start a conversation. Do you remember the last time you wrote a song? Like your most recent song? Yeah. Do you I do. Can you like you don't have to say if you can say what it's about if you want. You don't have to. It's more like do you remember what time of day it was or where you were or Mm, yeah like what is like what was happening like can you describe like just um okay so the the most recent song i wrote was on easter sunday i woke up in a bad mood long story short i was supposed to wake up and and hide the easter eggs well it was raining and then it was also i think somewhere in the ballpark at 6 a.m so I thought I had a little bit more time, and I fell asleep in one of the boys' beds because the boys got up, blah, blah, blah. That's the long – I just gave you a long story. Of, I said it was going to be short. Sorry. Um, long long story short, I was in a bad mood on Easter Sunday after waking up, and uh, then, but then I got in a better mood when the boys went and hunt, hunted for Easter eggs. That put me back in a better mood. And then I just got to t- thinking about uh, all of my Easter's growing up and kind of my mind went there and I was playing guitar in the workshop here. It was kind of rainy off and on. And um, I just sat down and kind of, I texted uh, Brian Elliott Carter. Oh yeah. Um, and I just went on a rant to Brent, to Carter. And uh, so when I finished that rant, about Easter's growing up, I realized I'd kind of written a song, so I just kind of polished it up. And um, like in the text, Was yeah, it still text. Okay, wow. Right. Okay. So and so then, I I just added a few little things and took out a a, a you know it basically just edited it you know and when I when I picked up the guitar and and then I've been listening to a lot of John Prine. Yeah. Uh, since he's passed, and so the song very is very much influenced by John Prine, so it kind of has that John Prine taste, you know, wow. to it. So, and that song's called uh, "Don't Run and Play in Your Church Clothes." That's the name of the song. Yes, <laughs> I have not heard this song. I would like to hear this song sometime. You did you play it on Josh? You, Josh has been doing these like Facebook performances, like streams. Have you played it on oh. any of those? No, um, I haven't really been uh, on Facebook Live in at least over a week. I need to get, I need to do it again. It's just finding the time, and once I'm, and I'm kind of needed in a lot of directions, right? And I get tired, and so when I can do it, I I feel like I want to be, you know, having some alone time because that's something that you know I don't I don't get much of. I think I'm cutting into your alone time tonight. That's okay. No, this is a this is a welcome conversation. 
Yeah. Among friends. I, I've been missing friends, you know. I understand. I know a part of me is like, this will be an excuse for to actually just talk to Josh. <laughs> Even if like I'm Josh, I'm not actually recording this. No, I'm just kidding. You're okay, cool. No, I, I <laughs> Okay. All right. So I can I can really let let loose. So. Okay, I have a question about this song. Mm-hmm. Did you write it all at one time, or was it like, like were you done with it on Easter Sunday? Did it all yeah. kind of come and then it was done and then words? Well, the words were, and then I think the majority of the melody was all there. The song was, I'd say, ninety-eight percent there, and then when I woke up Easter Monday. <laughs> I realized that, yeah, in fact, it it was pretty much done. I just played around with chord structure after that, and uh, but then I try to get too cute with it because that's what I do. Um, I write a song and then I think, oh, it's not good enough, so I have to mess around with it for a long time, for you know, two or three days of of experimenting with a, a rhythm, or experimenting mm-hmm. with uh, chord progression, or experimenting with uh, words overthinking words then overthinking words can can take months out of a you know off of a song's life <laughs> yes <laughs> so you said, anyway you said something about this is that you had written basically the words were first and then yeah yeah and then you added yeah. the music or did, right. are you you had kind of a vocal melody to it sort of or well, once I realized it was a song, I was I immediately started thinking melody when I was reading it. And the melody was kind of, well, it starts off um, without any melody, but just the cadence. And it's mostly, it's just speaking. And then it moves into a softer melody, kind of eases into it during the chorus. Chorus comes in, and that's when you start singing. And then... There's some actual singing in the verse, second verse, leading into the chorus again. And then there's like the third verse, chorus, and somewhere in there is, there's a bridge of some sort. Did you, but, you're describing this, it reminds me of, I had one of your streams from Facebook playing like when I was driving the other day. And uh, you, I think you played a John Prine song. Mm-hmm. And it sounds similar, kind of. It sounded like he, I don't know, the way you're playing it on the stream. It sounded like a talking thing, and then it kind of went into the. Right, that's the Jesus, the missing years. Yeah, and it's yeah, very, yeah. It's yeah, it's it's definitely modeled on on that uh, same. Uh, it was. It's not the same cadence, but um, it's definitely modeled on the same kind of formulaic formula. Like that of, style of, of like. Talking right, and then so, singing and yeah. kind of going back and forth. That's interesting. Right. I don't know. If, I don't have a lot of songs where I just talk like that. It makes me want to like try it out. Well, when I first had a song, I was excited about it. I was in sh- shop there on Easter Sunday, and Amelia came in, and I said, I, I think I got a song. And she said, we'll play it. So I played what I had, and she, she loved it. She had tears in her eyes. And then, like, that was... I played it for her then, and then she heard me wood chopping it, you know, chopping it all to pieces for the next three days, and she was just like, you know what, the simplicity, the real uh, rawness of it, when you first played it, was a lot better, and, you know, and it's good to have that sounding board because I do, I can, I can, I can work a song to death and uh, think that it has to be my masterpiece. And so, therefore, I have to spend more time than I should on it. I mean, some songs, they're they are good little jingles. They don't have to be three minutes long. Some songs, you know, you can get three songs out of. They don't have to be seven minutes long. I think that's actually really interesting because it's I know, the whole overthinking this thing. Like, I can definitely connect with that because I feel like I'll have some song and I'll, I'll like it. But then I'll be playing it and I'll be like, it only has three chords in this part or like i'll i'll be like right. is it enough and then like you'll pick it I'll apart get real, like kind of self-conscious about it then i'll watch like uh, i've been watching uh like jeff tweedy his family they do these like live streams from their house yeah yeah have you watched any of those i've watched one yeah it's really cool 
and he'll he'll just start strumming like a G chord and then start singing and I'm like it's all there like it doesn't have to be anything else and it's all there like right <laughs> I, that, that, yeah. that's and that's to me like there's a lot about songwriting that's interesting to me but I love the simplicity of it and that I think it's easy if, as as a, for us for like people who are always working on songs like you lose sight of <laughs> that the simplicity is actually like a really good thing like you want yeah. you want like in a way simplicity like it doesn't make it like it doesn't mean like it's a dumb thing like it, it can no. be like a thing that makes it easier for people to connect to absolutely you know i can i, I, I don't mm-hmm. go ahead no i was just i i definitely feel like i overdo it sometimes and probably distract from the point of the song kind of right well, I don't know where I picked this up. I don't know who said it to me first or where I read it, but um, so I can't give credit where credit's due, but the, the old saying, or I guess it is, of if a four-year-old can understand your song, then you can connect with anybody. I think so many times we get fancy with our words, which is cool to find synonyms for you know, whatever it is that you're looking for that rhymes with cheese. Yeah. And, um, and that's okay. But um, I think so many times we miss the whole point of the song is to get out the emotion and the words that we need to say. And so many times we skirt around the honest truth and symboli- symbolize everything. Anyway, and I'm not putting down simile and symbolism and metaphor and all those colorful things that we have that is poetry. What I'm saying is that if we're doing that for its own sake, for the sake of doing something that is pretty to say or sound coming off the tongue and we're not seeking the truth of what we're trying to say, then we're just saying words that sound good together. And that's entertaining. And uh, and, and I think and I'm not trying to put down anything. I'm, I've got songs that's, the words just sound good together and they're entertaining and they're, they're not, but it's, it, you know, I think any, even in, you know, all songs that can be from an honest place, both sad and happy songs can be medicine, you know? Yeah. So. That's interesting. That's how I feel a lot of the times with songs. Like I'll write some song and I'll, you know, I'll be like in a down mood and I'll write it and maybe it'll make me feel better in that moment. But then like, I'll go back to sing it and I'll, or I'll listen to a recording of it. And I'm like, it's too like sad. Like I don't want to <laughs> share that with people. Like I don't want to be a downer right. or whatever. You don't I forget right. that people, sometimes that can be a comfort or uh kind of like a, they're not, a, you're not alone kind of thing. Like you're not the only person. Right. Uh, but I'll, be, I'll feel like I'm, I don't know, like I'm it. contributing like to some kind contrib- of negative yeah. like feeling. I don't want to make right. someone sad. I want it. I want it to be a thing where they can at least feel like. To me, I, I know what it's like when I hear a sad song and I, I connect with it, and it it just makes you kind of feel more like I don't know. It it takes away the the alone thing, like feeling totally alone in way. Right. Right. You know, just being able to relate to it or whatever. But it's funny being the person with this song like i have some songs on this thing i'm working on now and there's like one that is just like gut level just like it's really negative negative like a self negative type song talking down mm-hmm. about yourself and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm i like it's it's a weird thing because i i like the honesty of it but i know i i could tell some people would listen to it and take it too seriously yeah. or something well that's the hard part about being a songwriter is uh letting go of your songs the part about me, well, most of the time, as a songwriter, I get the song that's to me first, you know, and I've only heard, I've, I'm the only person that's ever heard this song. And then I get to change some words to make it a little PC, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so that grandma can hear it, or my mom can hear it, you know what I mean? Yeah. So then that's where, in a way, it's like pure when it's just yours. And then when you when you go to edit it, I don't know why I keep going back to that, but I guess it's because the song that I, I just wrote, it's raw and I don't want to release it because 
I don't want to sound like I'm trying to jab at anybody. And uh, I think, though, that I'm not alone in my experience growing up. And so I think it can be a gift. At the most, it can be the worst song I've ever written. And uh, that could be good as well. So, Okay, that reminds me of another question I had. I wanted to talk about kind of like what what our feelings are about like what makes a song good or great or bad or just like horrible like well like reaction writing, like what do you what do you think reaction it's totally reaction it's what re, what what is the reaction you get when you play that song you know from a live setting usually for me you know i can tell what songs that i've written are good songs that appeal to a wide audience and then i can also tell songs that i've written that appeal to a smaller audience you know maybe a smaller section of society has experienced maybe this emotion or this same story scenario Mm -hmm. um so what types um, of reactions do you get like are you responding to like smiles body, or body uh, yeah it's body language it's people then you know it's body language it's it's people come up and ask you you know what's that song it's got the lyrics yada yada in it and you tell them that yeah that song oh man that you know that's a good song getting feedback from different people after a gig or in between sets or that kind of thing kind of gives me a, a radar but who's to say what a good and bad song is there's songs that I've written that I like that I barely play for anyone because they're sad and sappy. And usually the, the reaction I get from a sad and sappy song, unless I'm feeling sad and sappy is not what I'm going for when I'm going and, and playing music for people. I want, I want to lift people up. So a lot of my music is I try to put that into each song in a way of, I don't know, just trying to like send out a, signal in a way of saying hey i'm here this is me anyone else like that (laughs) (laughs) ever been there yeah so yeah it's connection when you connect just like you know i've always thought of it like um when you're on stage playing live for folks you you're reading the crowd kind of like maybe a pitcher would read a batter trying to strike him out you know he's trying to figure out what what pitch he's going to go with and that's kind of me usually right before i i try to figure out what song i'm going to go with because a song that works in one crowd is not going to work in another crowd um every night's different and that's what i miss about live music so do you make up your like set list on the fly or do you always really and you're you mm-hmm. I guess if you're playing by yourself, I would. Well, I'd say know. ninety. Yeah, I'd say ninety percent of the time. Now, if it's a, if it's a you know private gig and I've been asked to play certain songs, and those are usually the the ones I play. But if it's like a, a regular gig where someone you know I'm I'm somewhere playing for three hours. Yeah, it's usually I've got a notebook open, and it's got about sixty to eighty songs. And I just kind of go through those and go, ah, this is about the right time and the right place to play this song. Mm-hmm. But I'm rusty as hell right now because I haven't been playing. Yeah. And that's just how it is. Do you ever play a show and then maybe like the next day, or like maybe you think of like a something you would like to communicate to the audience, but you don't have that song. And then you're like, maybe the next day you go home and you try to like write what you wanted to say, like, or do you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. does that, does mm-hmm. that ever inspire songs? Kind of like, I have a need for this type of message mm. or song or something. And then you trying to like, do you ever write songs in that way? Maybe in a way that it's not considerate, maybe of the audience first, more of myself first. What is the message I need to hear mm-hmm. that I'm not hearing? Or what is the lesson I'm to learn that I'm not learning, you know, and write that into the song. And then if anyone connects in the world out there later, that's good. But I think that it should. And most of the time for me, I don't start writing a song thinking about playing it for people. I I write a song thinking about what it is that I'm either going through or trying to express. 
I don't know. Yeah, I know. I, I, I know I don't, maybe not all the maybe not all the time though. I don't know. I think I write a lot that way too. It's almost like in that solitude when you're just kind of with yourself and you're allowing yourself to. I wouldn't probably say this to most people, but I'm, I'm going to write it down on this piece of paper. <laughs> mm-hmm. You kind of just mm-hmm. keep trying to follow that, trying to really be like honest with wherever you're at. Right. And then so well, there is. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry to cut I, you no, off. No, I was Go just going to say, sometimes you write a line and you're like, you know, you're trying to just be honest and you're like, that's pretty good line there, right there. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a good song. <laughs> Yeah, yep. for a song like you're kind of you're kind of in both. Well, a lot of my songs come from that seed of talking to myself. So there's a yeah. lot of third person self. What are you doing, self? What are you thinking? And that's where a lot of my songs kind of find their. It's, I don't know, like this song kind of that came and went. It was almost like it was all I had to do is just remember uh, a few memories and from childhood and boom i had a song it's like it's just weird i I didn't have to do anything but like tell a story really quick on text and then look back and go oh well those words kind of look better together and it's better to maybe use this word instead of that word here for that measure for it to fit within the measure with the syllables and all that and um do you remember we're both like the same age and We've been writing songs for a while, like over 20 years, weirdly. But do you remember, okay, like the way you think about songwriting now at, at our age, how is it different from how you thought of it, like right when, however you were like 15 or 16 or whenever you were first getting, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like it's, huh? I feel like the way I look at it is completely different now than it was then. Right. At our age. Oh, man. Oh, man. At, at our, our age. age. Gosh, we were old. We were so old then, and then and, uh, we're younger and now, than that. Right? We're younger than we're that younger now. than that now, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that everything was so much more black and white, and there was uh, good and evil, and there was a lot of dualism. I think in my songwriting, and I think I was always trying to emulate and didn't know my voice, didn't trust it. And so I think that there was a lot of emulation, which is cool because we're all some of many parts. But I think that now I feel more comfortable when I'm I'm just simply trying to write a song and I'm not trying to, to overthink, well, it sounds like that other song you wrote, or it sounds like that other song that Tom Petty wrote or whatever. And, you know, try not to steal, but just borrow. <laughs> <laughs> right. And there's a, uh, there's a whole lot for me. The time is a big difference. Like I yeah. had all day long in my early twenties to sit around and write songs when I, when I wasn't going to work and I had so much time just to sit and think and talk and breathe and read and write music mm-hmm. uh, all about it and uh nowadays it's uh it's always on my mind but it's on the fourth burner back mm-hmm. on my mind and so it's just not on my forefront which is okay because i still play every day it seems that i i'm almost every day but i might be just for five minutes when i'm playing a song for Grady or something or you know when we do have our jam sessions which haven't been haven't been daily and I I wanted them to be but maybe we need to start doing them daily again they were doing really good they're 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 not they have a natural ear I'm not biased or anything but I think I think they're pretty good musicians I can very easily imagine them like <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like i'm gonna ha- be hanging out with them in the future and they're just gonna one of them's gonna pick up a guitar and then just it's kind of like uh i mean that that too is, it reminds me of uh like watching those jeff tweedy instagram streams where his his sons are there and they're all playing together and they just have, have like a seen... drum set sit, sitting there and they just all jump on it and you're just like yeah oh my gosh they could just like 
click into it like so easily and they're all like their voices all sound good together and it's like that's kind of i feel like that's how it's going to be with you guys mm. i can definitely see that well that would be cool but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna force it on them and uh they know that they they love that i i do it they i mean always they always love it marzi wants me to put it down sometimes and pay solely attention to him and what he wants to do and that's cool because sometimes our jam sessions don't last very long because we we need to play lincoln logs because that's more important and um so we do that and then there's uh lightsaber battles and uh you know trees to climb vines to to hang from around here y'all have a lot of land to kind of run around on it look explore it, we have look i believe yeah i believe we have just enough and it's uh right at i think 8.6 acres and and it's enough to go for a hike and yeah. discover something new pretty much on the reg so it's fun i love trying to get all this green briar out doing a lot of things around here but uh as far as if you needed to be quarantined this is <laughs> I couldn't have picked a better place, and I have only Amelia to thank for that. She dragged me kicking and screaming all the way up to heaven, so we're here we are. If anyone's <laughs> listening to this and want to have more of an idea of Josh and Amelia's relationship, like she was on that episode with us, and it was it's a fun yeah. episode to listen to. It was a cool one. She is so she is so funny, y'all. She is so much funnier than I am. I used to crack up like when I'd go over to your house and we watch like the Cowboys and she would just like make up all this stuff about what right. all the players were doing. Like she would want, she'd want to turn the commentary down so she could be the commentary. She, and she, she was like imagining asking, this, all this like right. their secret asking lives. The players, like... Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's, she's a smart cookie. The wit on that gal. I don't know how she puts up with me. I'm glad she does. So, yeah, back to music. Okay, here's a question. Do you have certain tools that you use? Like, actually, I mean, like, do you write with a pencil or a pen? Or do you have, like, notebooks? Do you just scribble on whatever's around? Like, Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. I have all the above, yeah. Usually, I'm not aware that I'm writing a song until, like, I, I remember the thought I had. <laughs> I'm like, oh. Yeah. Like I said, that say something, you say something in your mind or you're out loud and then, or you hear something out loud, maybe an audible voice or internal voice. And then you say it back to yourself, like, and you try to put it together, like what that means. And then that usually lets me know, hey, there's a bite on the line. Like if it's a fishing pole, that feels like I have a fish or, you know, in this case, a song. Mm-hmm. So I usually, I'll just be in songwriting mode from then on and then i'm like thinking of the next lines before i've digested the first one before i know it i've got multiple lines in my head but no paper or pencil around mm-hmm. and so then i'm starting to look for paper and pencil when i run out of room in my head and if i get to that point where actually pen and paper in my hands then i will actually write down what i write down at that time and then go back later and realize that two thirds of it was a wash, but that one third was pretty good. So I'll go and work with that for like a, another week, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? And then maybe a week later, and I'm just giving you a, a, like a general pattern that I've seen. So it's not, me. it's not always like the exact same, like, no, it's thing. never, that's the, that's the thing about these songs is I've never written the same song the same, same way or any, any song the same way. So like when you um, were talking earlier about when you wrote the song earlier, like by text and then you, when I think of you and the way you write songs or, or at so, least from what I've observed, usually it seems like it's like a, a musical thing that kind of builds from like a, maybe a riff or some type of like chord progression or I, mean, I don't know that's yeah. just from what i've seen it might not be really that a 
for you a lot of it but... right um a lot of my songs a friend of mine asked me i think it was last year he, he said sit down write a list of your songs and then off to the side write m or l m for music or l oh, yeah. for lyrics which one came first and and then count up how many the music came first and count up how many the lyrics came first and see which one is higher. And then therefore you realize where your strength is. That's real interesting. That's when you actually, yeah. as a songwriter, you realize sometimes, unless it's really balanced, you realize, oh man, I'm 80% most of it's music or 80% is, or 60, 70% is lyrics for me it it was like 65 or so percent lyrics and when i did all when i tallied it up and did the math so oh you really did it you really went through and yeah i went went through and i did it and and it just revealed that well a 65 percent majority thus far has been lyrics kind of came first and i then i remember and then some of them i don't remember anymore so it's like i know i was like wondering i was like would i be able to remember no, like I couldn't, I couldn't, I I couldn't even, I went through, I couldn't find all the songs that I'd written and it's what sparked a interest into going back and trying to locate some lost songs. Mm-hmm. Well, then I went on a trip recently when I turned 40 and one of my stops on my trip was in Nashville at the Rose House. And Roe and, and he he showed he showed me two huge tubs of old stuff that I stashed there before I left Nashville, and that was over a decade ago. So they've been in his basement for over a decade. And so then I take them home with me, and I I didn't even look at them all the way through when I was there. I get them here, and I, I find about seven cassette tapes. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and a Radio Shack cassette player that runs off batteries. And I listened back to like some songs that from the late 90s and uh, the early 2000s, like right when we first moved to Na- uh right before we moved to Nashville. Uh-huh. And uh, so anyway, that was cool. And uh, I relearned one song out of all those songs. <laughs> There was like one song that I'd be like, okay, yeah, I think I think I want to relearn that one. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's funny. I'm the same way. Like a lot of those songs, like my old songs, like I don't have any connection to. Like mm-hmm. when y'all were requesting songs, or you mm-hmm. had said like a long way back to dust, and I'm like, long way back to dust. Oh my gosh! What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> I wrote that. <laughs> and then you're like is this like when people hear my music that's the they think of like the stuff i wrote when i was like 21 years old or something and I'm yeah, like, man play grandpa no what about cards. what i wrote like last week man <laughs> yeah i know it's uh, funny i thought what you were saying about the the lyric first or i don't know i i, I just feel like that's a big thing like I've, i feel like i've gone through phases where I've tried to write one over the other, or like I thought I've tried to lean into one over the other. And I think I settled on that. I'm probably more definitely more of a lyric person than a, the music person. Yeah. I think I just had to accept at one point, like a lot of times I'll write the lyrics all by themselves first, and then I'll just go through and add chords. And usually like, I just, I don't want to overcomplicate it. Like it's just, just play like whatever the basic chords are that would sound right here. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's what I've mostly been doing with most of my songs lately with the exception of maybe a bridge going somewhere unexpected. I know we have talked about that country music documentary, that Ken Burns thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I was yeah, really inspired I by the rest that. Of it. Yeah. I, I haven't finished it either. Yeah. I want that made to, me uh, want to write every time I'd watch it, I'd be like, almost crying like i'd be so moved by like all these artists talking about like making music and their their heroes and everything and then i don't know it made me it really kind of reminded me how cool like songs are just that country songs are like i think i take them for granted a lot of times or i think they're all i think of like modern country and like Mm -hmm. the kind of cutesy type thing which is kind of it's fun but it's not 
super interesting to me, but like just the ability of like a simple melody with a simple like line that's like relatable and being able to like put it all t- there together. I just, a bit, I don't know, that's been on my mind like since I watched that, just like trying to remember like just what the point of a song is, like why, why, we, what, what's the purpose of a song? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, for me, it's always been, I need to exercise something. I need, there's something that needs to be moved mm-hmm. out. I need to kind of work through. It's like a therapy yeah. for me. For me and too. I'm like, I, I, yes. Continue, please so, continue. right. So I have, uh, these, these demons I battle with, I guess is the best way to put it. You know, sometimes it's in different forms. Sometimes it's it's in thought form. I have to take these thoughts and I've got to put them in a, a I got to bring them out and I got to put them on display for myself and for in a way of confession in a, in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Uh so that it's no longer in the darkness and it's brought brought out into the light and and I feel freer from whatever it was that I was writing about because it's no longer the big bad boogeyman that uh you don't want to talk about, you know. Yeah. Um so and then and of course that's when it's your song <laughs> and you're and you're kind of chiseling away at it and it's raw. And you're playing it for the first five, six times straight through, you know, then you play, start playing it more and more. And the more you play it, the more like it, it was, it was, it was exactly what you needed then. And then the more you play it, it becomes a different song and it morphs and it changes. Uh, and you can't, ex- you can't escape it. You're going to sound different on different times playing it and you're going to forget verses and you're going to remember that this chord actually sounds better there, or you're going to learn things about the song that you didn't know as it grows on you. And then if you get to be our age, then you get like a 22, 24 year old song that actually comes back and says, Hey dad, what's up? You're like, Hey, yeah, I'm still playing you. You're still alive. You're still around. Cool. Good to see you. And it, you know, they're not asking for gas money or anything. <laughs> that, They're just uh, there to hang out. The idea of like a song like living longer, like I've been realizing this 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 thing recently. Like, I'll write a song and I'll be really feeling it, and then like, whatever that situation is, will like change. Mm-hmm. Like that I'm in in will change, and it's like it's almost like the next day. It's like the song becomes totally irrelevant to me. Or huh, I'm just yeah. like, I can't sing that and feel the, it's like, I yeah. it's so and weird. I feel, I feel and I feel that way already, and I feel that way already with the song that I just, I just wrote, and it's like, good, I wrote it. I think that I might have wrote it just solely for me, so why release it? Well, because there's possibly that one or two people mm-hmm. that will really relate to it and like it, and then there's possibly a whole lot of people that won't like it, and they'll, you know, be like, more questions and trolling me mm-hmm. uh, from one side and then another side just worried about my soul. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's not, and I don't want to have to deal with that. Right, response. and then me just be right in the middle of it all and trying to navigate that. And then so it's like, do I want to create a shit storm or do I just be confident that it's a good song? I can play it live maybe, but I don't have to get it out in facebook land yeah you know because it's a song i'd much rather play live for 10 or 15 folks than for me to put it out there for you know everybody and their and their aunt to to see so yeah i think about that stuff so often it's like if i'm putting like 10 songs together for an album like i'll be like I like this song. I think like almost, almost like this song's fun. I should just put this song on it and it's fun and people like fun songs. And then I'll have this other song. I'm like, this song is super depressing, but it's really fun to play for some Mm -hmm. reason. I don't know why. Right. But I don't want like, 
my mom to have to hear this. And she might be mm-hmm. the only person who even listens to this album. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, yeah, yeah. you're kind of like, uh, well, right. I don't know, trying to figure out what to include. And am I trying, yeah. am I trying to make a statement? Like, you know, I think am I, that, what am I, I trying think, to say here? I think that, um, I just had a, a, a Eureka moment. <laughs> I think that what I'm going to do is I'm just going to, I'm going to talk to my mom and my mom and dad and just talk to them about my feelings on it. And like I just said to you, it's like, maybe there's someone that can relate to this. And I don't, I and express to them that I, these are the, the feelings I'm working through. This is the therapy. I'm, this is how I'm expressing it and bringing it out and into the open. And I don't want it to hurt or harm our relationship in any way. And then have that conversation with them. And then, uh, then release it. And I think that would probably make them feel a little better. Yeah. Um, I don't say anything horribly negative. I just kind of jab. <laughs> and, uh, and I realized that it's a jab, but it, it was how I felt then. And I needed to get that out. You know what I mean? Yep. I, I'm almost relating to you. Like something happened today and I'm like, man, I'm like almost relating to this like too much. Like it's just, Sometimes you just got to get the thing out and maybe it's about somebody you care about and you just, you don't want to like hold on to it. You don't feel that way all the time. Right. It's just kind of. Or you don't feel that way anymore. It's like this song that I wrote, it's coming from an eight or nine year old Joshua's perspective. Yeah. That is, that is still hanging around and I have not let go of it, but I've let go of it through writing the song. And it's been good for me. I just don't want it to be opening up a can of worms for my, my folks. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that I'm just going to have that conversation with them and beforehand. And I think then it would be okay to release it. And I, I, you know, I'm not really, I don't care, you know, what people, the backlash I might get from friends and family or even worse from people that I don't even know you know, going to probably crucify me for it. So it's just a song. <laughs> Don't is take it, it too seriously. Is it, is it? It is. Why do we take it, it so seriously? Well, we take it seriously because we're songwriters and we're, we're, we're nerds. And that's why we're doing a podcast uh, about songwriting. We're totally nerding out on talking about songwriting, which, you know, the more I songwrite, the more I, I feel like I don't know how it actually works. Yeah. I know what you mean. I mean, it can work in so many different, it's infinite. And so anytime I come out here to my workshop and sit around and play, I always try to write, but it doesn't work that way. Yeah. And I can't just sit down on on command. I wish I could. There's a lot of songwriters that probably can, but I'm not there yet. But when the song needs to happen, it needs to happen. And I've had droughts of months with no songs and, and I've had, you know, moments of, you know, I have two or three come out almost all simultaneously. So mm-hmm. it's just uh, it's different seasons of life, too. I'm fortunate to be in the middle of my biggest, my, the name I answer to is Papa. So that's what my majority of my day is wrapped around. So they are hungry at 6 a.m. and they are hungry at 8 p.m. You know, even after dinner, they're hungry and thirsty before they have to go to sleep. They want to hear another story. Hmm. And um, they want more cuddle time. Okay, I'm going to let you go in a minute. I have, I'll ask one more question. Just Okay. I know you got... Thanks for doing this. I know we're, it's good to just talk. Yeah, man. It's great being talking to you, too. This has been fun. I know Forgot our time we is all like but... shrunken down and... Yeah, it's like yep. the one night. I was like, if we could do it tonight, it would work. But if, if not tonight, it'd be like two weeks from now or something. Yeah. Well, for me, it's, it's Groundhog Day, and we're fortunate that Amelia can do her work from home, and my day is wide open. I'm just working on the garden, working outside, trying to not go crazy, <laughs> you know, not letting fear be what i meditate upon and trying to realize maybe for the first time in a long time what is really essential 
for my life right now. So there were maybe things that served me in my 20s, 30s. And here I am at the beginning of being in my 40s. And I'm thinking, "Mm, you know, what are the things that I really want to spend my energy on? And I think that there's been a lot of good that comes from being able to just sit with yourself, go inside and listen to really where your heart is, where your mind is. And Oh, I just saw a falling star. That was so cool. Whoa. Whoa. What? Whoa, really? I, yeah. Well, it's probably not. A, it, it is probably something asteroid. But I guess what I'm saying is I've had a lot of family time, which has been both great and chaotic and sometimes frustrating but mostly rewarding so i feel good i feel strange strange peace i miss a lot of things that we all you know we all used to do before this all started but i'm also grateful for all the things that we still have and the connections that we still have and the love that is still there and all the things that are still there and it's just a it's just a reality check for me and I think a lot of us are asking ourselves what uh what does the future look like mm-hmm. is it is it sustainable how can we prevent something like this from happening again it makes us think globally instead of our own little niche of the world but I think there's a lot of good that's coming from it for those reasons and um those of us that are paying attention realize and know that the normal that we had before all this started wasn't all that great to begin with and it wasn't sustainable and something had to change and this was a catalyst for it you know mm-hmm. whatever we end up with is whatever we choose to make from it there's a lot of upheaval a lot of people losing everything and we're all going to have to be creative with how we all uh, go forward from here it takes imagination for there to be creativity i think we all just need to really focus on what we're spending our imagination on are we i know for for me i can worry what if this what if that and then i can imagine situations and scenarios that can spin me off into hypothetical land of doom and that's using your imagination, I think, poorly or incorrectly, you know, how we want to be changed on a personal level, I think, is really the question we should gain or start to ask ourselves. You know, if I had a chance to be the real me, if I had the chance to to be the best me, what would he or she look like? Just, you know, sit with that. You know, it's not a bucket list of things that you got to check off a list. It's more or less asking yourself, what do you want to spend your energy on? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I had this question I was going to ask you. And as you're talking, you're pretty much answering the question I was going to ask you anyway. Like, sorry, I no, you're It's kind of like, uh, I mean, it's more like uh, looking into the future. What are your goals? Like, what do you hope to accomplish? A lot of it was like focused on songwriting, but you're, basically saying talk that's kind of where you're what you're talking about already i thought that was kind of interesting do you yeah uh, do you see okay i'll just say this how do you see songwriting playing into all that or what do you think about the idea of songwriting like playing into all that what you're talking about um i guess a forecast will be that i will uh, continue to write from where i'm at in life and where i've been I hope I get to keep doing it. Uh, it's not, never a given. I'm thankful that I can still create from nothing into something uh, with thoughts and rhythm and, and muscle memory. We take so much for granted. I'm just grateful for where I'm at now and try to stay here now and try to not look too far into the future. I know there's a healthy balance of that, but I'm not the greatest at that because I have the opposite problem. I I spend too much time in the past and it's called a disease of nostalgia. And 
I'll stay back there for days. And Amelia will be like, what is your deal, man? And, um, you know, I realize what I've been doing uh, was just retrying to re relive a good old day kind of thing. So, but for the future, I think that I would like to continue to play uh, any and everywhere that I, I get to play. It's always a, a blessing and uh, a real, I don't know, I feel like I'm fulfilling a dharma by playing like a purpose, a calling, yeah. whatever you want to call it. And to be able to play live for people, I feel like is a specifically where I, I like to, I, I feel like it's, it's all, it all culminates there. The hours of playing and rehearsing songs and, and writing them and then re and then teaching them to yourself and then getting to the point where you're confident enough to play on the front of people. And then, uh, whether they're covers or your own, and, you know, just being able to entertain as far and also uplift and encourage. That's the things I kind of want to do. I, I like to do that for any and all crowds. I've entertained all types and all people. It's a great mediator to be able to be, to take music to rich and poor and all the different spectrums of the world. You know, I'm in my generation of of artists and we have a torch that we continue to carry and we'll pass it on. That's what we do. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you for doing this. Thanks for talking. I, I know we can we should do more episodes like this. It'd be fun to kind of check yeah, in man. every once in a while. And... Thanks for letting me nerd out. Yeah, I, I, I know we, both of us could keep. I feel like we could keep going, but we need to oh, go ahead and I love save it I love talking. I hear you, man. I love talking about myself and songwriting. <laughs> to, total, totally love it. So I really appreciate you letting me do that. So, yeah, and uh, sorry, I forgot that we were recording. There you go. <laughs> That's usually the best thing for the for the listener, but it can kind of sometimes it can be embarrassing for like us, like on the podcast. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, I wish I didn't say that. It's good. It's called it's called vulnerability. Yeah, yeah. We don't like it. All right. Well, uh, have a good night. All right, and, brother. Yeah. Thanks for doing this again. Love you yeah, guys. Man. Love you too. All right. Peace. Bye bye.